Amen. And all God's people said, don't you like going to a place when you feel him when you get here? Amen. I want you to take your Bibles real quickly, real quickly. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Ecclesiastes chapter number four. We're going to be preaching through this month on the subject because life happens. Because life happens. Don't the craziest things happen in life? Nothing ever goes like it's planned. Uh, never, never goes like it ought to. Uh, you can make your plan and, and, and try to stick with it and something's going to happen. Uh, Murphy's Law will take effect. Won't Murphy's Law happen? If it can, it can. If it will, it will. It, it just, it's just going to happen. And sometimes life happens. We have great plans for marriages and life happens. We have great plans for ministries and life. Things just come our way. Boy, Job was right when he said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of what? Oh, was he correct, church? Sure was. Amen. Well, God knew all that. God knew our weaknesses. God knew our inabilities. God knew our, our struggles that we have. And, and he, 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 he made something for that. It's called the church. Amen. The body of Christ is to be there for one another. I, I looked up all the one another's in the Bible, and man, you'd be amazed at how many times Jesus said for the church to be there for one another, receive one another, admonish one another. So many times he said to love one another, encourage one another, exhort one another. Are y'all with me? We're here for each other. Why? Because life happens. I want you to read in Ecclesiastes 4 in verse number 9. Are you there? Say amen. And by the way, I was told I didn't give the time on the game uh, Tuesday, 8 o'clock at, at, what's the name of that field? Heritage Park. Heritage Park, 8 o'clock. Church, say amen. amen. Here we go. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Two are better than because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, and you will, you will. Don't be so rough on that one that's fell before because you might need him to pick you up when you fall. It says, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. What's that threefold cord? Me, you, and the Lord. You know what these verses are saying? These verses are saying that I need you and you need me and we need the Lord. I need you to help me in my life and you need me to stick by you because two are better than one. There's no such thing as long ranger Christians. There's no such thing as, listen, just being on your own and don't need nobody else. That's a lie. Don't ever believe that lie. We need each other. Everybody. I said everybody needs somebody sometime. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in the word of prayer. Brother Kendrick, would you lead us in prayer and ask the Lord to anoint this skit and, and, and the word of God here this morning. All right?
Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome to Temple Baptist this morning, a place where... All right, everybody staying with us. We want you to take just a minute, turn around and shake your neighbor's hand. Tell them it's good to see them this morning in God's house. James, how you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? All right. Hey, good. How you doing? Good to have y'all. got to meet everybody. I was just going to give you a quick rundown before we get started on, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> no, that's not a problem at all. Just got some toys and all kind of stuff in there for her to play with. All right, just to give you a quick rundown, um, normally what the way we do it in our small group is, is uh, we'll start out with giving a praise report and we'll all talk about, you know, the wonderful things that God has done for us lately and and uh, after that we'll go through, um, wasn't that a good message this past, this past Sunday? Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about um, uh, how to apply that to our life, you know, and, and how, how can we use that in our lives. And, uh, and then after that, we'll, we'll give a prayer request, and uh, we'll talk about those, and then, then we'll pray, and we'll lift them up. And um, just to let you know that you don't have to say a word. You can just sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. Uh, and, you know, this, this place right here, this, this group, this room, these people, this is where your friends are found. Uh, you know, our church talks about a place where friends are found. Well, this is where it's going to be. Um, when we come in here, we lift up the praise report. We're talking about the things that we've been praying to God for and praying with and for each other about. And when we talk about um, the, the message and how we apply it to our lives, we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll get to talking about how God is helping us. You know, we've talked about the, the bitterness message and how, how much that really was an impact in our group. And um, so that's what Life Groups is about. It's about making friends, and it's about, um, it's about life. So uh, anyway, anybody got any praises for this past week? All right. Church, say Amen. Has the situation that you just seen ever happened to you? You come up to somebody and say, is this your first time at Temple? And they say, no, we've been here for six months. It's never happened to me. I don't, I don't. Uh, 
listen, that is a classic situation in a growing church. I would rather be seeing new people every week than seeing the same person every week and nobody else. Amen? Listen, I, we, were in a, uh, we were in a restaurant, and, and uh, uh, one, of the, one of the Mexican restaurants, we had a few people with us, and, and uh, 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 I think Dana and Chase and them, and, 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 and I think uh, uh, Christine, were, Christine, was, where, where y'all? Was y'all there when, when, the, when the, the lady came up to me and, and asked me if I was a pastor at Temple, and, and we were talking? I said, hey, you've been to Temple before? She said, well, I've been there eight months. I thought, oh, goodness gracious. All right, it's hard, it's hard to develop close relationships in this large atmosphere. Uh, because, it, number one, we are human and we, we forget, don't we? We forget it's hard to uh, keep the same face and the same names and all that together. So God has allowed us to have life groups to, for that issue. It's hard to develop close, close friendships here, but it's not there. Amen. Now listen, if you will go back with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4 real quickly, I want to I give you just a few quick things. This, this month we're going to be talking exclusively about our life groups. Uh, the huge redwood trees in California. Has anybody ever, anybody seen the redwood trees in California? Raise your hand if you've seen the redwood trees. I've never got to see them, but I hear they are unbelievable. But this is what they say. They're the largest living things on earth and the tallest trees in the world. Some of them are 300 feet high and more than 2,500 years old. You would think that trees that large would have a tremendous root system, reaching down hundreds of feet into the earth, but that's not the case. They say the redwood trees have a very shallow root system, and the roots of these trees are, however, intertwined. They're tied in with each other, interlocked. Thus, when the storms come and the winds blow, the redwoods still stand. With an interlocking root system, they support and sustain each other, and they need one another to survive. Guess what? So do we. So do we. Listen, there's no such thing as a long ranger Christian. When God saved you, he compares you to a baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. He puts you into the body of Christ, but not only that, he puts you into the family of God because every baby needs a family to take care of it. I need a witness. We need each other. We need each other. And I, I, I was going through some reasons that we need each other, some reasons that, that, that life groups are so important to, to who we are and what we are as a Christian and how it will help us develop as a Christian. And today I want to talk about one of those reasons, and, and that is the reason and what, what, what will life groups do for you. First of all, it will sharpen. Say that word with me. Say it again. Sharpen. Abraham Lincoln Abraham Lincoln said this, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend seven of it sharpening my axe. He said, if I had eight hours to cut down a tree, I would use seven hours to sharpen my axe. There were two guys, Stephen Covey, uh, 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 he tells a story about two men who had a bet going, a competition. Uh, they were both rednecks, and they thought they could outdo one another, and they were both muscular and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And So they had this contest. They got the same size trees and decided, we're going to have a contest, see who can cut it down the fastest. He said, okay, so they was over here on one, and, and he was about 100 yards away on another. And, and, man, they started going at it. And this one fella, he is just cutting furiously. I mean, going after as hard as he could go. And he looked over, and the other fellow was sitting down on a stump. He said, man, I got him. I got him. Ain't no way. He ain't no way he can catch me. He's taking a break. He'll never catch me. So he keeps on working, and he looks over. Now the guy's, he's cutting furiously, and then he keeps on going. And all of a sudden, he looks around the tree, and he's sitting down again. 
He said, the man is taking another break. I'm going to win this thing short enough. And he went back and went and started cutting. And in just a few minutes, he heard this big timber. He looked around and said, there ain't no way. There's no way. He cheated. There's no way he could have caught me taking two breaks like that. He ran over to the other guy and said, what did you do? You had to have cheated. What was you doing sitting down? He said, man, I was sharpening my saw. I was sharpening my saw. Now watch this. The Bible says something about this. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10.10, if the iron be blunt, talking about your saw, your blade, if the iron be blunt and he do not whet the edge, or in other words, sharpen the saw, if you do not sharpen the blade, then he must put more strength to it. What does that mean? If you don't have a sharp saw, you're going to have to work harder at what you're doing. Now, let me apply this. Let me apply this. The Bible says in, in uh, Proverbs 27, 17, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Let me say that again. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. What does that mean? If you do not sharpen your skills in life, If you do not sharpen your spiritual life, you're going to have to work real hard at this thing called life. Isn't it amazing that same two people can be facing the same situation and one is about to freak out and flip out and the other one is on cruise control? Isn't it amazing that this this family over here can be going through a certain tragedy and man, God's grace be all over them and everything and they're just going like nothing and this family over here is about to fall apart, throw in the towel. You know why? It's not because God loves one more than the other. This family, this person may have taken more time to sharpen their spiritual self than the other. If you do not sharpen your saw, life is going to be very hard. If you do not come to God and come to your friends and allow God to hone you and develop you, you're going to struggle in life every day of your life. God never said it was going to be impossible. God said it would be difficult. God said there would be trouble. But he said, I will be with thee every step of the way. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are more than conquerors through Christ. We are walking around like whip puppies when we should be the victors, standing strong and proclaiming the power of God. But we won't stop and take time to sharpen the saw. Where do you find that in the Bible? Okay. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider, well, you remember those one another's I was talking about? This is one of them. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. The word provoke there means literally to sharpen. It means to poke, to prod, to push, to encourage. Provoke them to good works, to sharpen. Now, how does this take place in life groups? What, 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 what is the big deal? How do we sharpen each other? I need somebody to stay on my case. I do. I'm just, I know me. I know my weaknesses. I know my inabilities. I know that I am, pr- and you, before you go to getting saying how good you are, the Bible says we all are like sheep and have gone astray. Amen? We all have this weakness. God compares us to sheep. Sheep's the dumbest animal on the planet. No offense. They will just wander off if they don't have a shepherd to keep them in the way they need to be. But how does, how does, 
How does life groups help us to sharpen who we are, sharpen our Christian walk, sharpen what God is doing for us, in us, and through us? Number one, write these things down quickly, quickly. Number one, we sharpen each other. We sharpen each other, we, we, we hone each other, and we encourage one another. Number one, through this, the application of the preaching. Write that down. The application of the preaching. This is really important. This is, I, I tell you, this is one of the major changes uh, that, that we have taken and the reason why. Uh, the, the, the application of the preaching. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do you any good. I, I had to take one of my dogs to the vet this past week, and uh, and. Man, she gave me a, a bottle of pills that big and, and some uh, shampoo and stuff and different things to put on the dog. And, 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 and you know, I paid, <laughs> I paid good money for that stuff. And you know what? If I set that on the shelf, I bought the medicine, I got the medicine, she told me what medicine to give and all that kind of stuff. But if I went home and put that on the shelf and did not give her or apply, say that word with me, uh, apply the medicine, it wouldn't do my dog any good. Are y'all with me? Now, most of you go to the doctor. They'll give you antibiotics. They'll give you different medicines. They'll give you different creams. And you pay good money for that. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to do what the doctor said. This place is no different. When you come into this place, there are hurts and there's problems and there's difficulties that we deal with. And God gives you the medicine of the word. He gives you truth to use. But it won't do you any good unless you apply it. Apply it. We take and give you one major, we have other Bible studies, but we have one I want everybody to be in, and you're in it right now. I want to, if, if, you, if you can't commit to uh, more than one, I want you committed to this one. I want you to commit it to this one so you will hear something you can use in your life. Listen, what good is it? What good is it if you hear, uh, uh, let, let's say uh, tradition, and I'm not against any of it. I'm just telling you how I feel about it. You hear Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, training on the afternoon on Sunday, Wednesday night. You hear five different messages. How many of them are you going to remember? Preacher, I'm kind of having a hard time with one. Amen. We leave and say, boy, what a great message. Man, I tell you, whoo, that was something else. But what was it about? Oh, I don't know, but it was a good one. Amen. You know what we just said? Let me tell you what, let me translate that for you because God really revealed this to me. We really enjoyed the way he delivered it. We loved getting up there and watching him sweat and leaving his spleen on the third row. That's what that means. See, we have become entertainers and not even realizing it. And we go, and I know this, I know this, some of y'all looking at me, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I know this because another guy will come in Another, another guy will come and say the same exact thing I say, say the same exact words I say, and may not be near as dramatic, may not be near as sweaty, amen, may not be all that, and you'll say, dear God, where'd he come from? He was born as I bet. And see, it didn't have anything about the word, it had about the delivery. And we've become so addicted to the ability of the speaker, we've forgotten about the message that he is speaking. This is anointed, I hope y'all pay attention to this. Because the word he is bringing is so... Now, by the way, I don't like boring speakers either. I want them to look like they're fighting bumblebees when they're preaching. Amen. I want them to look like they believe what they're saying. I want them to be excited about it. If they can't be excited about it, how in God's name am I going to be excited about it? Amen. I like all that, and don't get me wrong on that, and I'm not going to change nothing. I like... I, I, amen. 
But what good is it if you just come watch it and you don't get it? Amen? I don't want you to come get excited about hearing about forgiveness and not go out there and forgive your neighbor and forgive your co-worker and forgive your child, forgive your parent. I need a witness. It's all about the application of the preaching. You've got to apply this stuff. How does life groups help us do that? First thing, hey, we get to discuss it. We get to discuss it. You cannot raise your hand in here and discuss what I'm preaching. Amen. It's non-negotiable. Amen. But you can discuss it in the life group. That's why I encourage everybody in here. I encourage everybody in here, take notes. Take notes. Receive something so you can bring that up in the life group. Bring what you get in here and take it and share it with your friends in the life group. It's so important so we can discuss. Is that biblical? Let me give you a verse. Watch this. This is what the Bible said about discussing his word. And this is, this is, this is with the family and, and, and so forth. You got that? Let me, let me see that. And these words, Deuteronomy 6, 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. The words is the law, the scriptures, all right? And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. How are you going to do that? And shalt, come on now, and shalt talk of them. When, where are you going to talk about it? When you're sitting in the house, when thou walkest in the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Talk about it. Talk about what you heard. Talk about what was taught. Talk about what was preached about. Brother, brother uh, Craig Edwards called me yesterday, and we were talking about different things, and, and I was sharing with him some of the information from the worship series, and, and man, he was getting excited about that, and, and we were going back and forth, and man, the more I talked about it, the more excited I got. And then he started talking about something that he was going to preach on, and, and, and man, we was going back and forth, and I, son, I was surprised and pumped up. I was ready to go yesterday and getting excited, and all we were doing was talking about scripture simply discussing it back and forth what it meant to me what it meant to him uh, what what it could do for him and what it could do for me listen we need that i don't want you to just hear it today i want you to go talk about it this week i want you to talk about it amongst each other i want you to share the fact that you need one another we need each other through this life man it's getting worse and worse and by the way it's going to get a lot worse before it's over the last days perilous times shall come Perilous times shall come. I mean, dangerous times shall come. We need each other. Church, say amen. We can apply the scriptures by discussing it. Then be by doing it. Everybody wants to hear. Nobody wants to do. Amen? Yeah, I figured it'd get tight. James 1.21, watch what the Bible says. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive, receive. That's what you're doing right now. You're receiving uh, the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But then he says this, go beyond that. But be ye doers of the word and not... You know what? (laughs) Here, Here in America, we've gotten real good at going to church. We've gotten real good at going to church. But we're needing a lot of help in being the church. Here's, here's, here's the problem. Most people think the end result, you get saved to go to church. You get saved to be the church. To be Christ in this world. To be, to be listen, that one that loves people right where they are. That one that ministers to people in their time of need. That one that shares hope for the hopeless. Are y'all with me? 
There was one thing about Nicodemus. Man, I can't wait for tonight. Amen. Nicodemus came to Jesus, and this is what he said. He said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. In other words, hey, something about the words you're saying. Did the, did the, did the Bible not say that they said, ain't never a man spake like this man? Woo-hoo. But then he said this. He said, and, and them miracles that you're doing, ain't nobody can do that unless he be from God. Two things, a message and miracles. The words they say, the things he did. Do you know why we have an epidemic in America? We know why we have such a great problem in America? I, I saw the title of a book the other day. It says, I love Christ. I just hate the church. Wow. I love Christ. It's the church I can't stand. You know why? Because their message and their ministry is not jihawing. What they're saying and what they're doing is two different things. They sing, oh, how I love Jesus on Sunday, and they cuss out their mother on Monday. They say, what a mighty God we serve, and they cheat everybody in the world at work. No wonder they hate the church. You know why? Let me tell you why that's happening. It's because we're coming to church, and we're being entertained, and we're being excited about a form of worship a style of worship, and we're not taking the truth that we are hearing and applying it to our life so that it will change who we are. We are all about life change. I don't want to be the same today as I was yesterday. I want God to change my heart, make me more like Christ so I will be what they need out in this world. Man, one great place to do that is in the life groups. And I'll show you why. I'll show you why. (laughs) Life change takes place when we begin to apply the preaching. But it really starts taking place when we become accountable to our peers. See, in here, you can come and go. In this big atmosphere, there's not a whole lot of accountability. You're here, but that's about as far as it goes. But when you get in a room with about 10 or 12 other people, and you come in with an attitude... And by the way, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's life. How many of y'all ever had an attitude? Anybody had an attitude? There's about 300 people lying like a dog. I, I, you know why you didn't raise your hand? You got an attitude. I come in with an attitude one time. That's hard to believe, ain't it? I didn't, Dave. Tell the truth. I know you remember. I just... You know, bad day. Y'all know how it is. Here we go, and I, I had an attitude with some, you know, a, a, a situation there. And, and, and you know what they did? They called me on it. Now, I'm preaching. You might be right about what you're saying, but you sure ain't saying it in the right way. And you know what? That's right. Well, I tell you what, I don't think that ought to happen. It's life. You may tell you what's the problem. Can I just be real a minute? Can I just do that? I got a good crowd. You may never come back. It's only got one shot at this. Amen. The reason that the church is so sick right now is because we come to church with our church suit on, our church smile on, our church look. We'll argue all the way to the parking lot, pull in and... And we're not being real with each other. We're not being real with God. And you know what? You know what lost people hate more than anything else in this world? I have come to find this out. They hate fake. 
And you know what? When you go to that life group, it's just you. Many, many of y'all are thinking, the preacher had an attitude? It's life. You know the great thing that's so great about life group, Brother Dave? I can just go in there and be me. I don't have to. In my life group, I'm not Pastor Malcolm. I'm just Christian Malcolm. And you know how desperately I need that? Because every time I'm around my people, I have to be on. I have to have the preacher switch on. But you know what? When you have the preacher switch on, you're not getting help. You're giving out, you're giving out. But when then I can sit down and be me and just be, have my attitude. Because you've come to, with one too. But when you're accountable to your peers, they'll say, you got attitude. Are y'all with me? Watch this. I got Bible for all this, y'all. Accountability to my peers. B, B under that is do. Do, if you got that. Uh, watch this. How am I, how, what, what takes place in that life group? There's correction that they provide. Correct. Well, I don't think I ought to correct nobody. Well, you're not much of a friend then. You're not much of a friend. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Paul. Anybody heard of him? How many would y'all think that Paul was a pretty godly fella? If there was anybody in the New Testament that walked with God, Paul was one of them. Amen? Well, there was another man in the Bible by the name of Peter. How many of y'all know Peter? He walked with God too, done a great thing. I, just, I mean, he, God used him in an incredible way. But sometimes good people do wrong things. Good people uh, stray sometimes. Good people can get goofy sometimes. Well, Peter did that very thing. He started doing something he ought not to do. He was, he was treating some, a certain group of people like he shouldn't have treated. And, and when Paul seen it, this is what the Bible says. Give me, give me that verse, Doc, if you'll put that verse up there on the screen. Romans 15, 14. And I myself also am persuaded of the truth. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me back up. Let me give you, uh, 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 that's not the one I want, but let me, let me give you the one I'm looking for. Uh, Galatians chapter number 2, Galatians chapter number 2, we'll come back to that one, just keep, keep your, your eye on that one, we'll come back to that one, Galatians chapter 2, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I, being Paul, what'd he say, I, what'd he do, where'd he do it, you know what, oh my goodness, Christians did that, yeah, see they don't do the behind the thing, See, the majority of Christians in churches today, they just talk about you behind your face. Woo-hoo! Preach on, preacher. Amen. See, I brought my own shout this morning. But you know what a friend will say? Kendrick, man, that's wrong. You don't need to be doing that. A friend friend you know what the bible says about a friend it says the wounds of a friend but it says about the enemy the kisses of deceit the kisses of an enemy is deceit in other words if they're your enemy they'll just tell you what you want to hear but all they're being is deceitful and they're hurting you but a friend even though it may hurt you they love you enough to tell you the truth and i had an attitude and they told me you know what i needed that I needed that because if my Christian Malcolm kept an attitude, my pastor Malcolm wouldn't be able to accomplish what he needed to do. 
And there was no way in this world, there's no way in this world, Brother Dave, they'd have called Pastor Malcolm on the deal. But when it was Christian Malcolm, y'all with me? And you know what? You're sitting here, look, I don't want to be accountable to nobody. That's why you're in the shape you're in. Nobody likes accountability, including me. Do you think I liked it when they called me on that? No. Nobody does. The other day, uh, Jeremiah was out playing softball, and I, I, I listened. The last thing I said, no pass ball. Hit your cutoff, man. I mean, I'm just going in this coach mode, you know, and we're doing all, and because we got softball, and we're going to be serious. Say amen. And I mean, this is giving all them warnings, and this is what we need to do. And I, well, in, in the midst, in the heat of the battle, what did I do? I say, throw it home, throw it home. And they threw it to me, and I threw it over the man's head. <laughs> Everything I told them not to do, I did. So when they come in and say, preacher, you said, you said we, need to, we need to, and boy, I could feel the blood coming up. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? And then I said, you're right. That was dumb. Listen, hit your cut off, man. But you know what? There'd have been a day when I'd have let the blood go on up to my, and I'd have took my ball and went home. <laughs> Y'all laughing? You took your ball and went home. It got a little tight in, in, in life groups, and, and you didn't like somebody calling you on something. I'd just go home. You know what you're saying? I'd rather be a blunt axe and work twice as hard at my life than allow somebody to be used to make me a better person. Listen, you're never going to get any better until you allow yourself to be accountable to somebody else. It just is what it is. Listen, I need that correction. Then be. Not only that, but I want you to see the caution, the caution they provide. This is biblical too. There was a story in the Old Testament about a man by the name of David. David. David, God told him, don't, don't ever number. It's all about him. God's, God's the one that's d- directing everything and ruling everything. Well, David, the Bible says that, that Satan crept in his heart. How many of y'all know Satan will come your way? He sure will. Listen, the Bible says in 1 Chronicles 21, verse 1, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. Now watch what happened. And Joab answered, The Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be, but my Lord the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then doth my Lord require this thing? Why will ye be a cause of trespass to Israel? You know what Job was saying? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't do this. You know this is wrong, and I know this is wrong. You know God commanded us not to do this. What are you doing? Don't do this. You know who he did it to? The king. Well, what to God? We had enough guts in here to be a friend enough to tell somebody, don't do this. If we would just have the ability to come into a place and allow our friends that we are experiencing life with and they are living life with us and they see that we're going the wrong way and they say, stop, stop. 
Don't do that. And this is a two-way street, people. Sometimes they have done that. And you just kept right on going anyhow. Don't blame your friends and don't blame your life group. If you were not willing, are y'all with me? Let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you what happens. I feel this. I was going to wait in another message. Come on, Doc. Come up here. Jeff, come on up here. Scott, come on up here. Uh, uh, Kendrick, come on up here. Chris, come on up here. Dave, come on up here. Come on, Kale, come on up here. All right? All right? Interlock arms like this in a circle, but, but, but no, no. In a, in, go this way. Go this way. Come on now. Come on now. That's it. Come on. No, 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 no. That's it. Come on now. All right. Make a circle like you're defending somebody on the inside. See? See what I'm talking about? This way. All right, come on around this way, Chris. I should have got a bunch of women. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Check this out. Come on. Here we go. This is the tiger. <laughs> well, the lion. All right? The lion. All right? This is the, this is the antelope hurt. This is a water buffalo herd right here. <laughs> All right. Now see, the lion knows as long as they're like that, he can't get them. He can't do a thing. They'll stomp him to death. So he just keeps watching and he keeps circling. You're circling. You're circling. You keep watching. You're circling. You're circling. Until, until one decides that group's not really that important. So they start straying a little bit and saying, I, I'm going to miss this week and then next week. And then I, 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 I'm going to. And what's the line C? Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaming about seeking whom he has made devour. You know what? As long as he's with the group, he's fine. But you let him stray away. Now, here's what some of y'all are thinking. Here's what some of y'all are thinking. The devil made me stray away. Nuh-uh, the devil waited till you did stray away. I was thinking this and saying, yeah, the devil tears people. No, he don't. No, he can't. As long as you stay committed to the Lord and committed to your family, your church group there, he can't tear you out, but you get slack with it. You get other things make them more important than your relationship with them. And, and guess what? Get him. It's a done deal. Are y'all with me? Does that make sense? Give the buffaloes a hand. Amen. <laughs> Stop. Stop. David, don't do this. David, please. Stop. But you know what? David didn't listen. And because of that, thousands of people died because David was not willing to listen to his friend. God wants to sharpen you and make you a better person. And the way God sharpens you is through the influence of your peers. Are y'all with me? We don't, and I know, I, I know this is going over like a, nobody likes to be corrected. Nobody does. 
But sometimes everybody needs to be corrected. And we will allow pride to keep us from being honed and made a better person. Are y'all with me? I, we was at, I was preaching a revival one time, and, and uh, man, I had a great service, and just, man, a bunch of tons of people getting saved, and it was, it was great. And, and we, went to, we went to dinner at an a, a older family's house, and all their people there, and, and, and we were sitting in the kitchen, and, and I said some smart aleck remark about Tammy or something. It's hard to believe, but it... it, it, it and uh, and uh, she looked at me. I was complaining about something. I don't know what it was, but, but uh, this, this lady, elderly, looked at me dead serious, son. I'm talking about... And uh, y'all know when, 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 when some of them seniors get that look? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That means shut up and listen. Y'all ever seen that? She got that look. You know what I did? I shut up and listened. This is what she said. She said, if you knew her like you know your Bible, you'd get along a lot better. Anybody need any biscuits? <laughs> I'm talking about left me with my jaw on the counter. And everything she said was completely biblical. The Bible says the husband is to dwell with a wife according to knowledge. The reason you can't get along with your wife, you don't even know what her favorite color is. You know about Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> Amen. That's the month of August. We'll wait. Amen. <laughs> We're doing the family in August. Hallelujah. But see what she was doing? She saw an area where I was lacking. And she was willing to step up and tell me because they don't care. They're old. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? She helped me. I've never forgotten that. That's been 10 years here. That's been 14 years ago, and I've never forgot that phrase. I've never forgot that. I'm telling you, I can remember it just as it is today. When's the last time somebody tried to help you and you turned your back on them? You got mad because they dealt with an area that you were having an issue with and you had a problem with, and you took your ball and you went home. You know what you need to do? You need to call them and say, can I come back to the court? I'll I'll be nice this time. I'll be nice. Well, why should I do that? Because you may be headed for disaster just like David was. And all your friend is trying to do is help you. And you're too stubborn and hard-headed and prideful to listen. Well, it just made me mad. That might be why God did it, to work on your anger problem. Amen. You know why God allowed me to have that issue? Because I had an attitude problem. And so God said, okay, we're going to address that. Amen? Amen. What was number one? We can sharpen our lives, life groups, our friends that God puts around us will help us through. Number one, the... Then number two, by the... Number three, it's going to get harder. You thought that one was hard. This one's rougher. Number three, through the admittance of my problems. Through me saying, hey, I got a problem. 
Do you know what the Bible says? This is so amazing when I've seen this. Brother Jerry Lawson shared this with me. And I've never seen it like this till he said it. He said, forgiveness comes when we confess to God. But healing comes when we confess one to another. Think about that just a minute. The Bible says in 1 John 1, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins to Him, if we confess our failures to Him, if we confess our issue to Him, He will forgive us. But what happens? If we try to hide it and we try to be our own person, we try to say, I don't need nobody else. We just get, you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to keep coming and keep confessing it because you're still going to have the issue. Forgiveness doesn't take the problem away. But watch what it says in James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Forgiveness comes when we confess to God, but healing comes when I confess to you. See, I knew it'd get quiet. Do you know what the first first step to getting clean? Every I don't care, even, even secular groups that don't even believe in God tells you this. You first have to admit you have a problem. Hi, my name is such and such, and I am an alcoholic. Or I am an addict. Or I am a... Ain't that something? But you know what? We don't want nobody to know we got a problem. We don't want nobody to know we have an issue. We don't want nobody to... No, no, no. You see, that's why we keep struggling with it. We keep facing it all the time. We'll go to God a hundred times. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I won't never do it again. I won't never do it again. I won't never do it again. And if you don't ever go to somebody else to help pray with you and be your friend and be your accountability partner, you know what you're going to do? You're going to do it again. Preaching from experience. Let me tell you something. This is from God, what I'm telling you right now. Nobody wants to hear this, and that's why the church is in the shape it's in. Because we want to come to church in a worship service and sign our quota and do our thing and think that this is what's going to be that's going to change our life. No, sir, this is encouragement. Worship is not going to change your life. It's going to keep you encouraged to do it out there. It's when you come one-on-one with people and you go and you admit, I have an issue, I have a problem, I have a fault. I need you to help me. I need you to pray with me. Would you stand with me together as we fight the devil in this area? I need victory in my life. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of failing. I'm tired of falling all the time. Would you stand with me? Son, that's life change right there. Man, I, I don't even think you get how anointed this is. Aren't you tired of seeing them fall by the wayside? And it's not because they're not worshiping good. You might can come in here and sing and raise your hand and feel God and be excited about that. But you're not willing to be vulnerable. Ladies and gentlemen... I have crude ways of illustrating this, but the turtle never got anywhere until he stuck his head out. 
It's safe in the shell. Nobody can get me in the shell. I'm, I'm safe and it's okay as long as I'm in the shell. But you know what? You're going to starve to death in that shell. You'll never go anywhere in the shell. Sometimes you've got to be willing to stick your neck out. There may be somebody there to cut it off, but you've got to take that risk. You've got to allow God to be with you. Amen. This is encouraged by the Scriptures. I don't believe you need to air dirty laundry. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you need to come up here and get a microphone and say, let me tell you all my sins. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting with your friends and say, I have an issue. I am struggling with something. I need you to help me with it. That's embarrassing. Well, by the way, by the way, the Bible says this, be sure your sin will find you out. It may be, it's, it's a whole lot less embarrassing telling five than it is God uncovering it to 500. Because when God has to uncover it, it's going to be a lot bigger deal if you uncover it. Amen. Well, I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I don't know. Well, let me ask you a question. It's encouraged by the scriptures. But how many of y'all think Jesus was a pretty good guy? Y'all need to get them hands up. We're going to overtime. Amen. I'm talking about Jesus, the Son of God. God, the Son, the one that walked on water, the one that turned water into wine, the one that, that, that listen, he, he fed, had the world's largest fish fry. Fed all of these people, all of this. The Bible says he took his small group and went into the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, please pray for me. He said, my soul, my soul is exceedingly heavy, even unto death. I'm, bro, I'm burdened, I'm burdened. Would you please watch with me? You know what he was saying? He was admitting an issue in his life. He was admitting that he was struggling. He was admitting that he needed prayer. And listen, you say, did he really need that? He came back and said, and they fell asleep. He said, could you not tarry but one hour? He was admitting, I need, I need you to pray with me. In his humanity, in the weakness of his humanity, he was admitting, I have a need. Brother Davy said, please pray for me. Listen, if Jesus is not too good to do it, you shouldn't be either. I want, I want to sharpen. I want to be better. I really do. I, I want to be better. I, want to, I don't want issues haunting me my whole life. If I have weaknesses, I want to deal with them and get over them and have victory. I want to be stronger. I want to have the power of God on my life. How many of y'all want to be able to pray and God answer it? You can't do it with those issues that you're not willing to share to deal with. I don't like it. I'll go to another church. And you're going to carry your problems with you there too. Well, I just won't go to a small group. Well, listen. <laughs> I got an illustration. How many of y'all know people can be irritating? 
feet. Some of y'all are lying again. This is your third time today. People can be irritating. They just can be irritating. I can be irritating. <laughs> Ain't said amen all day. Now she's going to say amen. Irritating. I just don't like the people in my small group. They just irritate me. I read a story about some porcupines. Porcupines. We just, <laughs> Kendrick, we're just a bunch of porcupines in here. These porcupines are out in the middle of this field. There's no shelter, no cover, freezing. Sun went down. They was going to have to stay on it. They, they had to band together for warmth. Now, when you're a porcupine and you band together, you're going to be in a prickly situation. And they just, ooh, ooh. E O O. One of them decided, I can't take this. I can't, this is just too irritating me. I'm just going by myself. Went out in the field the next morning, froze to death. Froze to death. Here's the deal we may be a little irritating to each other sometimes, but you still need me. And I need you. Because when you try to go on your own, you're going to freeze to death. You're going to freeze to death. You sit in that hospital room by yourself. Sit at the scene of the accident by yourself. Sit at places because you're not willing to let go and be vulnerable and let somebody involved in your life. Why do we have life groups? Because life Church, say amen. Father, Lord, please anoint your people today. God, help us to see the importance of what we're doing. Help us to take life groups and it become a priority. Lord, I know, I know in all of our life groups that this is not all completely taking place and that's why I'm preaching on it because this needs to be taking place. We need to be sharpening the lives of each other. We need to be willing to allow somebody else to hold us accountable for our attitudes. Hold us accountable for our behavior. Father, to stand together and encourage one another. God, we can't get mad and say, I don't need them. 